welcome to another episode of Scouting Synopsis. Today we're taking you to the Windy City, talking a little bit of Chicago Fire. It's been a few rough years, but they have a beautiful city. Wait, and hold on a second. Go- Nashi, why is our guest introducing us? Like, what's going on here? This is our show, and I'm confused as to why our guest talked first. Like, what is that about? What's up, well, man? He, he, he goes uh, in the south as the Swamp Daddy, so uh, he, he might be the Sower in the States Daddy too now. I don't know. I might have to... <laughs> Just assume my role as a, an underling to the swamp daddy. So, uh, what's going on, boys? It's good to be good to be here. It, my guy, it's Jorge's so, taking over. Yeah, it's so good. Look, man, y'all, y'all gonna step down. Someone's got to fill the shoes, right? We had we had the legendary trip and B in here, and like I don't know how I'm filling the shoes. I'm kind of winner. Listen, the numbers went down as soon as I took over. I'm not saying like <laughs> what, like you know. But hey, we're here. We're gonna talk some Chicago Fire, and we have Nashi. So hey, no one wants to hear about me. No one wants to hear about Chris, the MLS card guy. We're all here to talk about Nashi. So how have you been? How's it going? I've been good, mate. I've actually been doing a lot of um, a lot of gallery reshuffling from the news. And I, I, there's, there's a good chance I've completely lost my mind. So I know we're going to talk about Chicago, but I also want to make it about me. And uh, <laughs> I, need some, I need some reassurance. I need some validation <laughs> for my recent, recent moves. So I could have just, I think I've completely lost my head recently, but... Yeah, I'm all in on the MLS. That's the that's the underlying theme. So I'm sure we'll get into that. No, yeah, no, it's it's funny because we were talking about this. We're like, look, this is the Chicago Fire show, but so much has happened in so rare, and we haven't even really like fully talked about it on the pod at all. Yeah. But it is Kuiper season. We have it in here. But before that, we we will want to talk about the restructure. Nashi, if you want to share your screen, you can do that. There's an option down below if you wanted to share your gallery. But kind of walk us through the moves you've been making. You're, you're saying you're going full MLS. Why? Well, pretty much, I feel like the biggest. I was trying to move up. I've been trying to move up from through the ranks, you know. And moving up in scarcity has kind of been the hardest jump for me to make. Like, it feels risky, you know. You you're trying to get up there, get one or two cars, and you've got to get it right. And I slowly got on the brink of like trying to take a little shot of the unique division. And I kind of, when I was thinking about it, you really need to like. Pink, don't, hey, hide that Maxi Morales. We don't want to see him. <laughs> but I'll, I'll take you back. So the start of last season, the real the real card and the real move that got me to the position to where I feel like, all right, this can be done in the MLS with America Division cards was Hector Herrera. Now, you know, now he's gone on to be a great card, but I picked him up back in the day, his unique card for... I can't remember it. You can probably find him down there. Keep scrolling. I picked him up for a deal. This was at a time when he was, no one believed in him. You know, he just got here. But I think it was 0.6 at the time. Peanuts for him. And he he, he obviously went on to have a great season. I realized, huh, like, because of what we've done in the podcast, I think maybe my edge is, is over in America, is in the MLS. Because in terms of picking out them guys that are just, if you're just looking at the stats and looking from the outside, you think this guy's just been trashed. This is hopeless. Like, I would never go near this card. But if you get them right, they can just turn season to season, as you yeah. know, and have some upside. And that's kind of been, that's basically what I've lent into. And my first, I guess my first portal call for this year's one, uh, this year's Hector Herrera was uh, Lorenzo Insigne. And I picked his unique card. Same. This was like a month ago too. Like it seems like he's staying now. But I said, this is not a not a lot that you paid for him. Actually, to be fair, at, well, at the time, you know, 
three thousand dollars and a couple of good rare cards because he was getting Carlos linked, Heel. He yeah, he was getting linked back to to Europe and Saudi Arabia and this, but I kind of again, it's a bit of inside knowledge where I was like, I don't see he's on eleven million dollars a year. There's no other person in the world other than I guess the Toronto head office that thinks Lorenzo Insigne is worth $11 million a year. So <laughs> Transfer guess, market. Yeah, so it was a bit of like the just common sense logic that during the heat of the rumours, I thought maybe I can take an advantage of that. So he's, and once he's here, now I've got old man Hector, I've got old man Lorenzo. On their day, though, can be great cards. And I've started to build around them. And um, yeah, that's where we're at. So we're all in now. It's pretty hard to reverse out of, um, thing. So my general strategy is to, I guess, it's the new challenger division, but via the MLS and try and compete with the big boys is kind of the way. I love this. Well, really quickly before we get into Chicago, and I promise we will get to Chicago because you uh, you do follow them quite a bit. Uh, you've got my boy, Keegan Rosenberry, who I've praised multiple times on this show. So I, I'm going to take full credit for that one. Uh, you've also picked up a cheeky little Nathan here, which I love because he's out all last year. And I feel like people kind of forget, you know, how good he was and how good he can be. And then you've got a new who going over here as well. Um, you're, you're Stuver. Talk to me about that one because he's kind of uh, not safe. kind of up on the ropes there a little bit. Well, yeah, the, the problem is I ain't got the money to go into this division and start, you know, buying. I can't buy the Andre Blake. So... As with everything, there's a bit of risk. And my two goalkeeper choices are things that where it, it, by the time you know who the starter is, you can't get them for that price, you know? So yeah. I'm kind of, again, I could be wrong. That's the skill, I guess, in some of the scouting is that I could be wrong here, but I've been to Austin and Brad Stuver down there is an absolute god. And it He's actually was here. discussions about uh, people were saying in different chats and stuff like, I think Cleveland might have the job. Stuver's not safe. And I was just sitting there reading it thinking, thinking to myself, uh, I disagree with that. Like, Stuver's nailed. And I thought, damn, I saw he's unique. And I said, i got to put my money where my mouth is. I can't just be <laughs> sitting here, like, in the shadows, like, judging people's opinions. Like, And it kind of – that one stemmed from that. And I do think Stuver is the guy in Austin. I mean, he's, he's part of that club. He's part of that community. He's more than – like, it will be such a – disruption to the dressing room if they dropped him even if even if cleveland was 10 percent better than him just within football if the same coach is there and the same group of players you can't drop a guy like that without it affecting the squad so i just don't see unless he just has a disastrous run and austin were terrible but i don't think he was that bad last year he kind of you know he, he didn't have much in front of him much protection the other one is slightly more dicey i'm less confident in is jonathan bond but i picked him up for cheap and he's a guy that had the same Stuver problem where the Galaxy's defence and their whole team, quite frankly, was absolutely abysmal last year. And I think they're a team, obviously we're not going to get into that today, but I think they're a team on the up in terms of I like some of their signings. I like Maya Yoshida getting his fitness and coming in as a leader back there. I like Mickey um, Yamane, is a good little player. Caceres is coming back, more experienced. Obviously, they're lacking a bit of legs, but... Um, I think there is basically a team that could improve if they a lot from last season. And I also kind of think the same thing. Jonathan Bond's been there while Vanny has been there for every season. And it seems like it would be a weird thing to bring in McCarthy. I think they're equal talent. Like, I think they're reasonably equal. Like if it was the other way around, I'd say 
if Bond went to LA and McCarthy stayed, I'd say I think McCarthy's going to be the guy. You know, it's kind of one of them. But just that's that's based my two punts, and that's where we're that's where we're at in the goalie position. So I'm I'm excited for the season because I'm pretty. I'm pretty invested. I'm pretty uh, bullish yeah, yeah. at this point. So, we'll <laughs> yeah, scared money don't make no money, right? And and that's what it is. But like, it, it's kind of justified. You got Cleveland, who was supposed to be phrased backup for like three years in a row, and it never happened. So you see a guy like that with that quality going to stu- like behind Stuver, you're like, ooh, it's a little questionable. But you're right. You can't mess with the vibes. You can't mess with them. Speaking yeah. of vibes. So how do you want to do this? Do you want to do you want to go through what I think will be the starting eleven, and then we'll do some some sort of takeaways from there as we go? Or uh, do you have any sort of questions leading into it? Yeah, yeah we'll yeah, kind of so- go. Yeah, we'll kind of go from you know goalkeeper forward, kind of break down each position, give us a stack, and then uh, you know give us like a young breakout player. But uh, yeah, we can start with the goalkeeper. So. I'm hoping that there's a right answer to this question because <laughs> <laughs> I own him. So please, dear God, don't tell me that Chris Brady's not going to start. No, there, there isn't a question. And he's the, the only risk of Brady is if he's too good, really, if you're an owner, because yeah, he's yeah. he's going to Europe. He's the thing about like, we obviously there's Selena there and he had a ton of talent, too. And, you know, I'm not going to split hairs who's got more potential or whatnot. But the thing that was really stood out with Brady last year was his character. Like he done, I don't know if you saw any of them, but he done like some post game interviews where sometimes he made mistakes as young goalies do, and he 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 went out to the to the camera and he said, yeah, that was on me. Like I got to do better, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa, like that guy's probably gonna do. He's almost got that like rough and ready like East Coast like mentality already, and he's just like, no, like that's on me. Like to, taking responsibility, and I think in terms of the longevity of his career, that's gonna. I, I really think he's got a ton of potential and. There's no, there's no doubt. He's he's the guy. He's the guy back there, and uh, they just need to protect him better this year. In in the case that he's gone, who steps up in his place? Because obviously, Chicago's another one of those teams that just pumps out goalkeepers left and right. So, who, I mean, who, he's not he's not gone. He's not gone in terms of uh, this season. I, I don't think uh, Spencer Ritchie's a fine backup. He's fine. You know, he's he he's not a disaster, but he's nothing great. He's just a backup journeyman. Uh, it'll be Brady's job, but I mean, if you're going to buy the Super Air and spend that kind of money, there's no. It's as safe as it can be. If he stays in the MLS, he's going to be the starting goalkeeper at any team. But he, he's that good that he could, he could, you know, kind of like the Thiago Almada, where it's like, I want this guy, I want to spend money on this guy under 23 kind of stud, but you know, he's going to go at some point. So you just play him. Yeah. The time it's on. it's if not when he goes to Europe. Or yeah. no, it's when, not if. Yeah, I messed that up. This is completely bad. And there's a lot of those. There's right a lot now. of those. Yeah, there there are a bunch that we kind of expect. It, it feels like it feels like not a lot of them did go to Europe though. Like a yeah. lot of the guys who you're thinking, you know, like the Tolkien's, the Armadas, or whatever off the top of my Kingdom head. You're thinking, yeah, yeah, they're probably going to go, and yeah, they're they're still here. So I mean, it's good for the league. It's it's exciting. So um, maybe maybe the messy factor is real. Maybe that is the messy factor. You know what I mean? People want to stay where the eyes are, you know? Because I don't blame, like, Facundo Torres down here in Florida. Now, you know, Messi's around. There's, you know, there's some eyes on the league on his what he's doing. It's kind of fun. I mean, playing the MLS, playing in these stadiums, you know? Yeah, playing against some of the greatest players of all time. Like, I, I don't blame these kids for maybe hanging around for a year or two longer. See, I'm glad somebody else agrees. Because right now, it's like, are you going to go sit on the bench somewhere? Or are you going to sit here and lock Messi up for five minutes? Like, come on now. Like, you get you get your chance to shine. 
And there it is. Uh, Donald brings up a good point. Uh, the fire drafted a kid from Notre Dame. Uh, do you know anything about him? Or Chris, I know you're kind of in that lower division, always scouting the kids. Do you guys know anything about this guy? Or No clue. I, I know nothing about him. Donald, you yet. are two in the weeds. Um, but he came up to the yeah, fire I think, I think it'll be a... Uh... I think it'll be one, you know, watch these young goalkeepers that get drafted and they can start a lot faster than we think they can, you know, with the, with the Celentano and the Schulte and, you know, guys like that, that are starting within a year of coming out of college. These guys are more prepared coming out of college than they have been before. So um, don't, don't discount a guy just because he was drafted. That's for sure. But yeah, he'll yeah, start in like next pro and, and, you know, you can watch and, and see if he's any good there. Yeah. The flyer of a pretty good track record there. So, I mean, they've probably got some good, they, they know what to look for, so yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on to the the defense, I guess uh, if you guys are ready, and there's there's been a couple of signings. Uh, they got rid of Navarro. They got yeah. rid of Suke, I believe, who kind of didn't. I'm not sure if he's still there, but he just he, he came he came from I think League and people thought he was going to be half decent, and he was just kind of yeah, he wasn't. He, he was there. He was there. He was there. And they're bringing <laughs> guy. They've replaced um, Andrew Gutman. For Navarro, and again, Gutman's kind of just a guy too. But the thing I like about Gutman, and it's kind of a theme in this team, like this team's identity, I think, is going to be this year if they're going to have any success, is they're going to have to be like the nitty gritty, like good mentality, just in your face, like honest, hard working team because they haven't got the talent to compete with some of these teams in the East. And if you look like moving ahead a bit, but if you look at like, you know, Chris Mueller coming back in, like a local boy, Chris Brady. Gutman, like Chihos, these are kind of like rough and ready. They're not guys you're paying your ticket to see, but that's what they've yeah. got in the roster. And like sometimes if you put a bunch of guys like that, and obviously they bring in some other um, new signings, we talk about that they kind of could have a good mentality this year, and that's going to be the biggest asset to them. I think really being realistic because there's a, such a stacked kind of East Eastern Conference this year. I don't know if you guys agree, but it's yeah, oh for sure. For sure, the East uh, just loaded this year. Um, talk to me about the center back position because there's a bunch of guys that I recognize. So you've got Chichos, who you've always been very high on. Uh, Carlos Tehran is still back there. And then Wyatt Omsberg and, and Mauricio Pineda as well. And Pineda was a guy that was getting national team looks like a couple of years ago, and he can't get on the field. Uh, kind of hybrid between defensive mid and center back. Yeah. But talk to me about that position and kind of how those minutes break out because it's it's crowded. I think the two guys, Chihos is the captain. He's going to play when he's fit and he's, he is good. He's, you know, he's played in the Bundesliga top level experience. Um, Carlos Turan is head and shoulders the most talented player, but his hamstring seems to be made of spaghetti. So he's, he just can't stay fit. And he, it's frustrating at like having, uh, it's frustrating just as a fan because you see him do stuff and he's so athletic and you're like, man, yeah. like this guy, like what's this kid doing? He's only 21, 22. And obviously, he came through with um, Duran, who went on to Aston Villa and is doing it in the Premier League now. So he's, you know, he's got the path ahead of him, but he just hasn't stayed fit. And I think that will actually potentially be the most important sort of little side note for their season. Because if he stays fit, that's a solid uh, centre-back duo right there. Because you've got the athleticism of Turan and the experience of Chios. But as soon as he gets injured, the level last year just dropped a lot because it's not fair on Pineda to play him in a back two. He done well when it was like a three at the back kind of three mm -hmm. centre backs because he's he's not really a centre back like you said, Chris. So, yeah, I, if I was them, I'd be trying to pick up some an experience, some more cover there. I think that's an important position. 
Um, and they, they might go ahead and do that, and they probably will. They've got some room now because um, they did, like, arguably, before we get to who they brought in this year, they've got got rid now of Jairo Torres. They mutually agreed, to, I think, to get rid of that last week. And Casper looks to be on his way out in the same boat. And yeah, getting rid of that dead, getting rid of that dead wood, and they were taking up a lot of money and a lot of space, yeah. and they were absolutely horrific, um, pissing the whole time there. So almost that's almost the best business that Chicago have done. They bought in the fifth most expensive player in MLS history in uh, Hugo Kuypers. But I'd almost, as a fan, I'm almost happier with the fact that they got rid of those two. So <laughs> there is a bit of room there. So maybe the centre back is something that they look at. Addition, um, addition in, by subtraction. Yeah, they brought in a guy at right back. I, I don't, I can't say that Aragoni or something. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't seen much of him, so hopefully. But normally, when fullbacks come to the MLS, you just hope they're not horrific and they just can kind of do a job. And uh, hopefully, he can. I don't know much about him, so that that looks like the, the starting back line to me. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to elaborate on that. But. Well, I just know I was reading earlier, and Donald brings it up that Salquist he came from Denmark. He came up from the uh, the Midland Youth Academy, I guess, and he came in as a defender. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, it could be a great distributor. Midland is obviously a good team over in Denmark, so that's another good thing to look for. And uh, yeah, I mean, is this defense going? What are you expecting as far as the defense from? not conceding too much because when you have a rough team, when you have a young guys like trying to figure it out, uh, defense tends to lack. Um, how are we feeling about uh, the defense here? If they brought it, yeah, if they brought in cover for Tehran, I think in terms of an isolation, the back four's fine. The goalkeeper's very good. But where, where this team, I think, could be a sneak, this is like kind of what I'm saying, like the identity of this team could be be solid and hope for some magic from, you know, Shakiri and Kuypers and nick a goal. You know, like that's kind of the best way to success for them. And I think the, I think the strongest argument for them being okay, a lot better defensively this year, comes from their midfield and their sort of um, their additions there because there's actually a lot to talk about and we can kind of segue into that. Fede Navarro is. An absolute maniac. You know, he just he defensively, he's excellent. He hasn't really shown himself, I don't think, yet in the league because of his injuries again. But he was out pretty much all last season. He does love a yellow card, and but he's he's like a Jose Martinez, you know what I mean? And where he's just you know what you're gonna get for him. He's no one's gonna have an easy game. He's gonna be there, he's gonna get booked, he's gonna get sent off a couple of times, but he's gonna be in your face. And that really helps in front of the back four. And when he wasn't there. They kind of suffered because they had good players like Gaston Jimenez is a fine player on the ball, but off the ball, he just wasn't doing it. Obviously, a huge uh, pick. I don't know if Kellen Acosta has been announced, but it's basically, I don't know, the MLS is weird, but he's there, he's going. And it's an underrated signing. It's not a bells and whistle attacking player, but he's an excellent player for MLS level, in my opinion, in terms of experience, knowing the position, knowing the league, there's going to be no adjustment. And I really like him in there. So if you've got them two in the double pivot, that's a fairly good protection mm. in front of the back four. And the, potentially the most interesting factor of the midfield shakeup, I think that it looks like from a couple of preseason games that they're going to have Guti, Brian Gutierrez, in the 10 role and push Shakiri out to the right. And what that does, I think both sides, I think Guti's ready to 
come on. He had a good season last year and a bad yeah. season. He's got a ton of talent. And he's he's got more energy in there, too, on the defensive side of the ball than Shakiri does. Shakiri, if you watched him, was, was a little bit embarrassing, honestly. It worked right. And the but the other reason I like Gutierrez in the in the 10 is Shakiri, there was nothing last year they were playing with Casper or Kutsius up front. And Kaipers is a He's mobile up more than Cal, but he's he's kind of like he's not going to be running channels all day, you know. He's going to be in the box trying to get goals. So having Gooty there to run beyond him, I think is going to be really important for their attack too. Because you know, you need if he's holding it up, it's, you need that third man running. And I think the idea generally is move Shakiri out wide and just get him delivering quality into Kuipers and Kuipers putting away his chances, which he should do. He's got a big price tag and he's been doing it in the Belgian league. And I mean, yeah, you never know how these guys adjust, but he should have the quality to score goals in the MLS. So I think that, although it's a subtle change and them two guys were on the pit field for a lot of last season, I think that strategic change actually might be pretty good. The downside of it is Shakiri's not going to track back on the right wing. So I think they'll play Fede Navarro right center and he'll have to run for two men basically. And hope that Aragonese half decent, but that is a little nuance that I think could actually come into could actually have a decently uh, decent impact on their outcome. On the other side, um, Chris Mueller's back again fits into the theme of just I like Mueller. He's going to work his socks off. Yeah, exactly. He's going <laughs> to he's going to work his socks off. Good on his shift. He'll be there. He'll run. He'll do it. He, he, him and Gutman down that, that side will be. You know, it's not going to be an easy game. They're not got the talent of other teams, but maybe defensively you'll help out a lot. Um, and highly Selassie off the bench with some pace. So they just, it is, you know, it's not exciting, let's be honest. But it's, they, I think if I'm if I'm being optimistic, I think, all right, these guys are going to put a shift in. They're going to be hard to beat. And if Kuypers becomes the guy, if Shakiri can find a new role out on the wing and find his space and find his deliveries, Maybe we can beat some teams on the counter. We can get some 1-0, 2-0, which is obviously an untried and untested and unsuccessful strategy in the MLS specifically. But realistically, talent for talent, if you look at that squad, that's what they are. You know, they got they got guys that the fans will like. They'll give 110%. And that kind of has been the criticism of Shakiri, where you're just watching him just yeah. strolling, Casper, strolling around, do it. You know, and it's like, at least I think now, you know, in them, they, they're not going to, the expectations are low, but I think the team's going to give 100%. And if teams show up in Chicago and on on their game, I can see, I can see them being in there. And if they're anywhere near the playoff line by the end of the season, I think, I think that's a, that's a fair thing. Um, yeah. If they get another piece of quality to the, to the attack, then we might have a different conversation. You know, they might, that might be enough. So they got they got some bones there. They restructured. They got rid of the dead wood. I don't expect a ton of them this season, but I hope they can at least like you know make you proud. And I'm excited to see if Kuipers can can do it because he will get like Gutierrez is is an excellent player. Um, Shakiri can still put in a brilliant delivery on his left foot. We see him do it for Switzerland. He just hasn't really done it. So that's kind of the overall that's the overall take from where I'm at. I don't know if you guys have any differing or opinions to add right there well my, my thing is like 
moving Shakira to the right, and I've heard that from a lot of people too. And do you think that's going to change things for Shakira? Like, obviously, the quality is there for him to put in balls. But if you watch, like you were saying, like I remember specifically when they played in Orlando, watching Shakira, like it's bad. Like it makes you mad. Like I'm not even a fire fan, but watching Shakira's just body language out there made me mad. And it's one of those things where, like, moving him to the right, like, yeah, it's great. The quality's there. But, like, what's going to get him to really buy it and want him to, like, really perform for this team? Because it just it doesn't seem like it's been there. No, that's fair. And that's it, – it's – yeah, I think the, the strategically putting him on the right was because he will, he will be able to generate more space for himself there because I think he'll just drift into, like, little pockets. And he hasn't got the legs to get away from people anymore. And that was kind of hurting him in the tanks. He'd be on the half turn and he might be able to turn away from them. But then he's looking for Casper Prozilko to make a run and he's going to be waiting until, <laughs> you know what I mean? He could have flew to Poland. He's still waiting. Break. Yeah, he's still waiting. So there's a bit of sympathy there. He had no it's one. the off season and he's still waiting. Yeah, he had, he had no one to hit. And I think in terms of like, like you, you see this in in general – you can have players that are static if you've got runners, you know. So that was really – it just didn't work <laughs> last year. Whereas, like, say say Chicago was going to play with two pacey forwards who were going to get in behind off the shoulder, then I think Shakiri could play in the 10, you know, because right, he yeah. doesn't have to carry the ball. But And vice versa, if you've got someone like Gutierrez who can run with the ball, play it into a static sort of target man and then run off of him, that works too because he can run behind. But last season they had – Static Shakiri with static center forward, and there just wasn't nothing there. You know what I mean? There was no. I could have played defense against them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it didn't. It just there. didn't work. Yeah. So now they've got Gutierrez in there to do them runs, and I think Shakiri will be out to with on the ball. You still sometimes you just see him hit a pass, and you're like, well, okay, yeah. So I think he'll just be looking for space, and hopefully that the quality upgrade up front will will be the catalyst for him to be to buy in and say. Well, if I make that pass, someone's going to be there, you know. And right. sometimes the run makes a pass. That's an optimist view. His attitude's been pretty embarrassing, honestly. But um, he 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 actually, from a so rare point of view, isn't horrific. Like if you, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, but it's like you said, it's his body language. Is this? Is he's just kind of you just watch him and yeah, it's kind of infuriating. And I don't it think that has a good. Sad. Yeah, it doesn't have a good impact on the rest of the team either. But. I think looking at this team, yeah, like Gutman, Acosta, Navarro, Chihos, Brady, Mueller, if you they're guys just good, honest, sort of blue collar recourse. Do you know what I mean? So they're gonna they're gonna put the shift in, they're gonna work regardless. And yeah, like if we can get a spark from maybe Guti, Shakiri and Kuepers and get a couple goals in them, then they, yeah, they could there's they'll be a solid team, I think. It's and definitely it definitely improved in my momentum. Opinion. Momentum is a funny thing, right? You start to win a couple of games at the beginning, you're high up in the table. All of a sudden, it looks like you might have a decent season. Then guys start trying a little bit harder. You start to get that buy-in from everybody else. Like you mentioned, you're gonna have guys running around constantly. There will be constant, you know, work that's put in, and you just need those one or two moments of brilliance to to really have a, a pretty decent team. I mean, there have been there have been plenty of teams that have kind of relied on that. I mean, that's the Red Bull's whole history. It's just lots of running and one or two moments of brilliance, right? Um, so where does that moment of brilliance come from? Is it Goody? Is it Shakiri? I think the key is, I think actually, uh, the key is obviously how good and how effective Kuipers can be. 
because otherwise you just have a lot. If Kuypers is a dud and just doesn't take to the league and, you know, you saw Red Bulls, I think it was Van Zier went there and he just kind of from the same league and he was doing well there at USG and then he just, he was non-existent. So if that happens, I think they're dead in the water. So I think that is the key yeah. because, yeah, I think like, like you said, it, it's going to be, it's going to be trying to win the ball back and then get the ball into Shakiri, get set P. I don't know. I don't, yeah, when you think about it, when you look at the quality of some of these other teams, especially in the East, you know, and you think, well, yeah, this guy, it, it, it's, it is hard to see where. But I think that's why I sort of go back to what I was saying. Their best bet, I think, is having a bit of humility with their talent and saying, all right, we're going to outwork everyone. And I do think that bulk of them guys Kellen Acosta is a good leader he's gonna you know have standards there I think a good there's, there's at least a chance of that and I think that's the way that they find success by locking it down sort of defensively frustrating outworking teams and then as teams are pushing forward trying to get it into Shakiri, obviously and then if try and find Clippers or Guti they, they have enough about them I think there's enough talent in them three and and and, and Mueller's not not a dud, you know what I mean? He's he's fine. He he'll put he'll make them runs. He'll at least make yeah. come in at the back post and make himself a nuisance. So there's enough there. But yeah, I mean, we, when you on paper versus some of these other attacks, it's not it's not extremely exciting. But I, maybe they'll bring someone in. I think if they break if they brought another sort of elite level, like instead of Jairo Torres, and you know, then maybe. Maybe there's enough there to actually score some goals and then, you know, if they can shut it down. But, yeah, it's optimistic, let's, to put it that way. <laughs> Very optimistic. Yeah. Well, it's funny, like, before you started talking, I was like, oh, Kellen Acosta, I wasn't sure about the move. Like, time at LAFC was like, okay, like, maybe not from a sober perspective, but, he, you know, he's he does lock down that back of the midfield. And, like, now you're talking, like, you know what? The Chicago Fire do need. Uh, mm-hmm. Kellen Acosta, like it is just a major, like again, probably not for so rare, but for the team itself, like Kellen Acosta might be one of the pieces that unlocks this team. Just having that solidity in the back, yeah. And I think I think he aligns with like when you think of Chicago, it's kind of like it is like a blue collar kind of mentality, you know, with like it's cold out there. It's, and like sometimes the players, like Kellen Acosta, isn't an LA player necessarily. You want an Ilié, you know. You want someone whose name doesn't even make sense. Like in LA, you want a bit of flair. You don't want a sort of just a hardworking, solid number eight, number six, eight. You know what I mean? Like, and I think he'll he just fits with a place like that a little bit more. The same with a Mueller type player. Like a Mueller is never going to work in LA. You know, you need so you need, you know, and but. Yeah, so I, I think Acosta's pretty. He can definitely. He's definitely a starting level player in the MLS. Is I mean, I don't, I don't. I think you'd be pushed to argue that he's not. And yeah, I just think in that system, I think, yeah, I think he will be important if that's their identity. Where it's just all right, we we just get together, we work hard to try and create some space for Shakiri and and the big man up front. So yeah, that's that's about as best as I can paint it. So for some reason, you've bought into the hype off of this wonderful episode and you think Chicago's going top of the table. You want to build a stack for cheap because it's Chicago. Everybody's cheap. So like the best stack you can build. Um, what's your stack? Who are you going with? You got a goalkeeper, defender, mid forward and an extra. I mean, I think the most. For so rare specifically, not, in, not who's going to be the most. Yeah. For so, for so rare. Well, 
we start obviously Brady's in there. Then you need yeah. obviously Kuipers is in there, right? So if you're looking now, you, we have to win. There's no no threshold anymore. You have to win, so you have to look for upside, right? Yeah. So I think what I'm doing for defense is taking Gutman and hoping that Chris Muller can bundle his way through a defender, lay it out <laughs> wide. Gutman whips it in, Kuipers goal, right? So there's some upside there. And then you got to take Shakiri, I think, and I think you got to take. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, good. I'd take Guti and Shakiri, and just hope that something happens. Shakiri can put together some AA. Maybe you get, you know, a clean sheet and a set piece. Shakiri to Chihos, or I don't know. It may, you could, there's a couple of things that could happen that might work, but yeah, this is not financial advice. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'd take. You know what I'd maybe do if because we're saying defensively they might be okay. You'd, I'd go defensive stack: Brady, Chihos, Gutman, Shakiri, and Kuepers. And the upside comes from set pieces: Chihos off of Shakiri. Chihos is very good in the air, and maybe Gutman gets a an assist every now and then to Kuepers. And yeah, that's that's my biggest sell. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm not a salesman, but what that's, it is, that's I can do yeah. Um, yeah, so we can only yeah. work with the team in front of us, you know. It, it, it's so funny too because I think out of all of these that we've done, I think like Columbus has only been like, Yeah, you can stack this team. Every other team's like, <laughs> uh, You want like pieces or like half, but like you never want the full thing, so uh, that's not good or parody. I don't know the MLS, baby. We love parody in the league, yeah. Well, I think I think there's there's potential for upside in the MLS almost more than a lot of other leagues, even on the shitty teams, if that makes sense. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, like, there is a world where Chicago plays at home, the other team get a red card, and they win 3-0. Whereas, like, in a lot of top, a lot of the other leagues in Europe, if you've got a projected bottom team, you're kind of stretching for the upside. You know what I mean? Like, MLS does provide that a little bit where, you know, Shakiri could get 100, you know what I mean? He, there's a chance he's kind of been dust, but he like there's a chance, you know what I mean? And like <laughs> from a Sore standpoint, like being able to hit 100 is really really valuable more than ever now with a new change. He has so, hit 100 once. So there is a chance. Well, I guess 80 plus, yeah. I mean, he's I guess yeah. I mean, he's look, there's some dark greens there. I mean, that's what I'm saying. And you'd say that he's been pretty horrific, but there's some some of those win you. Said. Was was not with uh, Chicago though, so wasn't an ML, MLS play. But you got 91, 97. But yeah, you got some dark sense. greens there. They're, they're competitive yeah. scores for sure from someone who's by general consensus been yeah pretty horrific. So, I mean, that's the best I can do. That's the best I can do in selling the. Uh, I I love yeah. Donald's yeah. comment. Convince them not to get any of them so that he can get all the number ones. Love oh, that. There you go. Hey. Got it's- it. Got it's, right it's the right opposite of, of pumping the pumping it, right? We gotta we gotta take all the air out of it so we can get all the number ones. I it's love it. <laughs> it, it. It's funny too because like it used to be nice because nobody wanted Orlando cards, but now people kind of want Orlando cards. So yeah, I'm not I'm not excited for uh, the beginning of the season. Nashi, where do you sit? And you kind of brought it. You've we, we've hinted at a few times the new roadmap and stuff. Where do you sit on the line of opening or opening? owning like multiples of like a smasher because i'm i'm in the belief that like now with the new changes and stuff if you want to win and multi-entry like you just want like three copies of carlos hill and three copies of hector herrera like 
Yeah, well, I feel like that's the move these days. That is part of the motivation where I went to Uniques because there isn't that. That's out of the gate. That's out of the gate. They yeah. can't do that. So, and I don't have the money. Even at like the, I have, I have some good cards in uh, good super rares, but even at that level, I can see a world where the, they release the new cards, and these guys ju- do just do that. They, there's people out there with that, you know, playing in that level that have that money. Whereas if I can pick up a Nathan, for example, and he's at risk, he's a very risky buyer, but this is part of my strategy. Is like I get these guys who have have some upside, right? And Nathan, if you saw his scores at San Jose, yeah. just because his play style is jewels, he's he's one of very few elite defenders on his there. He was. He got injured. He's on a better defensive team now. But the risk is that Reagan's a decent player too. So he's got to win out that spot. Um, and it, and it's clear Yamar's gonna play, you know. So I think he's he's in there, but if the upside comes to fruition, now the same with Vincigne and the same with Herrera, with them three, I've took kind of a risk on, but there's a potential that I could have one of the top three strikers in Insigne from a Sorrow standpoint. You know, he's he was again like Toronto were terrible and his scores were excellent Sorrow wise. You know, um, they got a major but, coaching upgrade too. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think they're going to be. A, I actually think they're going to be a lot better if they get uh, if they get one more good signing in. I think they got mm-hmm. they got a chance, you know. But because um, I really like your boy Osorio's back healthy this year, and when they didn't have him, they just fell apart. You know, yeah, Bradley's yeah. gone, and anyway. But yeah, so I've got Insigne Herrera was the same situation. He he's one of the best in the league, so on his day he can do it. And yeah, that was kind of that's kind of the thought process. But getting back to the point is. I bring in that guy there. There's one of one. There's no, they've got to wait for, you know, so they can't kind of, if I'm ahead of them, if I'm out scouting them ahead of time, that's my only way to beat them because I can't buy my way. Yeah. I can't out compete them financially at that level. And it might all go up in flames, but it's kind of exciting to, you know, it's one for the little guys to go up to that sort of level of the game, especially as it is now. And you're not just going up to get the cap 240. I'm going up. To try and win, to try and compete. So, um, yeah, that's that's yeah. I am I am worried about that, and I have actually already made some slight adjustments, and then being them, you know. And I overpaid for Nathan for sure, but again, it was like I, I was giving up guys that just I don't think can win for me anymore in Super Rare. So they then become what am I doing, you know? So I might as well take the take the risk on it. So I don't know what you guys think about that strategy. Obviously, it is risky, and obviously. Um, they, but I think within the MLS, that's my best bet of doing it because I don't think these Bambi or these other guys, they almost, as much as any league, they react to the scores mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the situations, whereas I'm trying to be proactive. And yeah, I can get it wrong. I know there's a chance that Jonathan Bond doesn't keep his spot or start. I'm pretty, I'm Stuver potentially could. There's all these things that could happen, but I'm getting them at a price where that's baked in. You know, yeah. I think, well, if they do, I, th- I think if Bond starts, I've got Yoshida's unique for very cheap. So then I've got yeah. a stack there in a team that I think is going to be better. And that's kind of the beauty of the game, right? And if they do end up being better and one of the top teams in the West, then I I have that and I can either sell that and then do try and beat them, beat the guys again next year or run it and they can't, they can't have it. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the... 
that's kind of where I'm at with it. So I'm up to uniques to avoid that problem because I I am worried that yeah I have Harless Hill super rare, but that someone else might have three of them, you know. And then what's the what's that doing for me? So every time you say you're you're scared of something or you're fearful of something, it's like a light goes off in my brain that says he's onto something. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's about to go big because every time you come back to us with with these stories and you always end up hitting it big. So I'm I'm here to trust. I'm here to. I'm here to uh, to follow and and say like yeah you know what you're doing so if you got a feeling it's probably a good one. Yeah, I mean you gotta take you gotta take your swing, right? I mean I I I'm I'm competitive. I like the the changes actually aren't great. Like I was doing well from the thresholds because I was covering all the scarcities, but in the long run of the game, I think it should have always been like this. And people think and it is, I think because of the background in poker and everything where it's a competitive environment and there's accountability, like visceral financial accountability for your mistakes and vice versa. So I'm more used to the fact that I'm going to pick up this Jonathan bomb for 0.7 or whatever it was unique. And I know that maybe there's a, I think there's like a 70% chance he starts, you know, and if I get Yoshida in and if he doesn't, I knew that there was a 30% chance he wasn't. And I take that L and that was just, that's, that's how that's part of the skill of the game in a way, you know. Yeah. And now going forward, the people thinking like that will end up rising to the top of this new so rare that we have quicker, you know, because you can't play this game with no risk. Because if you that's where the football knowledge, you know, there's the fantasy side where you can look at the scores and say, This is the best team I can put out, and then you spend the money to get that. But that's half the battle because we haven't all got unlimited funds to do that. So little guys are gonna who are, who are getting the buyers before they happen. They're getting the guys that come good. I remember Chris talking about Chris Brady before he played a pro game. You know, mm -hmm. so if he'd gone out and acted on that and got a bunch of them, you know, what I'm saying that might in the new side that might put him forward and he can start moving up the division. So I think the model is brilliant, and I think the MLS and is a is a really niche way to start leveling up for people. So. Um, because of it's in the summer, and because now you need you do need knowledge if you want to get in before the thing, you need knowledge and you need to get things right. And for you guys, and for me now, I think that's where my edge is, and hopefully the listeners too. So, yeah, I'm not pumping the fire, but I'm pumping the MLS and I'm pumping the let's go, let's go get out there and start swinging with the big boys, you know. And that's the that's the that gets me almost more excited than what the game has been for me, even though I've been you know making just bringing in the cash and the thresholds and it is nice, but like, yeah, like if I do get a win or if I do get in there and you know, that's going to be, that's going to be really satisfying for me. Yeah. And I think the longevity of the game should be like that. So yeah, but it's definitely cost me money in the short and long term, and I've had to take some risks on and we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, we'll see. I did get a Luis Muriel super in for Ooh. a very good price because I somebody Ooh. won him as a in the champion division, and I saw just as the just as it got announced, and I put in a cheeky little last sale offer. And obviously, he's more valuable at Orlando than uh, and uh, yeah, I picked him up. So I've yeah. got a bit of a. Uh, we got a bit of Orlando in me, Jorge. So there you go. It, it yeah. might it might not play out right away with the whole Duncan McGuire thing, but uh, I mean he's <laughs> here for three years, so I mean uh, he's, he's gonna, gonna be the guy. Muriel's gonna play, bro. Like he's gonna he's gonna play. He's he's a fun player to watch too. Like I think yeah, he's. I think they'll play both of them. I think well, I think you can just play both of them. Like they're that good. Like they, that's a dangerous 
you could play Muriel in the 10 too. I know Ladero's there, but he ain't really got the legs anymore. Yeah, so you, could, yeah. you, could easily, you could easily play Muriel behind and bring Ladero in later on to rotate and i think that's a decent option for you guys so. oh it'll be really interesting to see what they do it's a it's gonna be a fun signing I'm glad you picked it up but i'm also glad you kind of brought up the whole like taking a risk and stuff because like i especially now i see too many people talking about waiting to see what happens and i'm like yeah that sounds great enough from a risk perspective but now everybody's going to try to get in at the same time it's going to be a hundred people trying to squeeze through a two-foot door trying to rush in when this announcement or like their cue to like hop back in is and people are going to get burned by it. And another thing that people need to talk about, it's people need to start thinking about taking like cutting your risk and like cutting your losses early and not holding something to zero. Because if you run out of money, you run out of money. If something like what, something doesn't work out, sell out of it before it goes down more and then move. So it you're into saying I else. should not be holding 10 Aaron longs right now. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I'll hold those till the day I die, Jorge. <laughs> Take it into the grave. No, but, you, but you, you're right there. And I think that's a kind of a, from a strategic standpoint. And, you know, I'm still learning the game. But, like, people don't necessarily account with them like kind of dead cards. Is it like people value their cards or their account. They say, oh, well, this guy, like, could be worth point, you know, double. Say it's point one now. could be point two in a year if this ABC happens. But... Why are you sitting there? That card is not yielding you anything, right? So your card's actual value is the, the price you can sell it for at whatever point you're going to get out of it, the liquid price. But it's also the yield they can make you in the meantime. So sometimes, and that's where like it's kind of frustrating because I feel like people, sometimes you can make a trade where you lose money like in the short theoretically term. on the thing. But for your gallery, that piece is worth more to you. For example. Right. Like if, for example, if um, you have the, say I have Jonathan Bond and he goes and starts, right? And then I've got Yoshida. And then I say, well, if I want to really compete, I think I've got to have a clean sheet, basically. So now a Mickey Yamane unique might be really worth in a vacuum to any person, 0.4 now, whatever it is. Like it's not a lot, you know. But, but to me, maybe I give up a 0.5 card because that is exponentially beneficial to my strategy. You know what I mean? So when when that hits, it, do you see what I'm saying? So it's, it's not as black and white as look at so red data in this card. And I think people, some people understand that, but not everyone kind of picks up on the fact that, well, sometimes I need this guy. If I don't have this guy, all these guys are worth less. And I have these guys and I'm not set. Do you know what I'm saying? So there's so many different dynamics in the market, in the strategy that make it exciting. But also I do think people people kind of, get stuck on on the you know they, they don't there's a beauty to taking risks putting the blinders on say this is what i'm doing and we'll see you know we'll land where we, we may but um because it's frustrating there's no it is frustrating when you see your card going down in value or he gets injured or yeah. a bad transfer and it's horrific but i do think there's a i do think there's different mindsets you can have it doesn't always have to be negative and sort of like, oh, why is this happening to me? It's like more like, well, what can you do about it? What are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? And that's kind of a, yeah, that's the mindset I try to have. But I do bitch to myself. It's, a lot. <laughs> it's not easier said than done. Yeah, 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 for sure. Just like the term clean sheet and Jonathan Thomas. Oh, I love Thomas. He's so good. Thomas coming in hot. Yeah, that's your strategy. You might be waiting a while because 
he doesn't yeah. get a lot of those. But like you said, you you yeah. expect him to be better. But when so he does, I need when he right I need to capitalize on it. That's exactly. The, yeah. That's the that's the, the take. two times a year it happens. We've got to be ready for it. Um. Yeah. So yeah, just we'll... to just to kind of bring this back to the fire a little bit here as we kind of wrap it up. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Because it is a fire episode that we're that we're talking about. Give me a number on where they finish in the Eastern Conference. We've mentioned how hard this conference is. Uh, and how deep it is. Um, give me a number on on where they finish. I mean, op- op- optimistically or uh, <laughs> both. Realistically, realistically, yeah. Um, optimistically, I mean, they're running away with the supporter shield. Yeah, well, I-, I think realistically, they can't. I think they're an underdog to make the playoffs, just because. Like, I mean, give me a team that on paper you think is worse than them. Like, I could maybe Montreal, say Montreal, DC. Toronto, Toronto if they don't figure stuff out. But DC, DC, DC is, is struggling. I mean, hey, hey, put some respect on Montreal's name. That's yeah, I don't know. They got I don't think Montreal. Joseph Martin. I don't know. I think Nashville could maybe. I don't know if Nashville haven't. I mean, I don't know if they. They they could struggle, but no, they're always they're so only... consistent. Though it's but, tough to but, bet against Nashville. But I I like Atlanta. I like Atlanta's got talent. They got Armada. Mm-hmm. Put them in there. If you think of like a like Charlotte, they got I like they got mm-hmm. Dean Smith, a good manager. I think. But they I think just he, sold everybody. He, yeah, they sold every. So there's a clean state. We don't know yet what they're gonna do. If they don't do anything, obviously as of now they're not looking good. But I'm kind of waiting and seeing on them. Cincy are very good. Um, Columbus, Miami, you know, New York, Nashville, New England, New York City, NYCFC, I think I've got a good amount better. Red Bulls, Forsberg, they should be better. Orlando, I really like. Philly. So where do you see? <laughs> as, as optimistic as you be, I just don't see really – you can't honestly say that Chicago compete with him on paper with them teams so for a full season any given yeah. day yeah on a, on a day and that's the beauty of so rare in the mls but they, i think realistically uh i think a good see if they can sneak into the playoff you know the playoff playoffs or whatever <laughs> the, the play in if they can be if they can <laughs> the get to last play 10 games, try out <laughs> if they can get to the last 10 games of the season with a sniff i think that's a pretty good season and then they got to try and add some quality next year like if i'm if i'm managing the franchise like but I think on, on on certain days, like we can see, I think there's some, uh, yeah, I don't think it's like a, there's at least a, a structure of, there's at least something going on there. They've like shored up a lot of areas. They've got kind of, you can see what they're going for. It's, and they just they haven't got the, the dead weight. Yeah, they cut their weight. There's something happening. But yeah. if I'm being honest, like in the West, maybe you could say, yeah, like they could shoot for the playoffs. But that, them teams, I mean, so many teams got so good this time that it's just, there's like almost six, seven just locks that you're like, yeah, they're gonna make it. You know what I mean? I'd yeah. be shocked if they. So then you got all the rest of us vying for. But as long as they finish higher than DC, I don't really mind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, it, it, it's it's gonna come down. Decision day is gonna be really spicy this year. I think it's gonna be kind of like the West was like that last or this past season, but uh, it's gonna be a lot of two two game swings. Last day of the season, it's gonna come down to winning that last game. It's it's gonna be spicy. It's gonna be fun. The East is fun this year for sure. Real real quick, give me give me a breakout player from this team. Um, 
it's Gooey. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he counts, but he hasn't. I feel like kind if you of. watch him, if you watch him, and you're in the states, and you you see his uh, potential and his ability, like he's not a breakout. Like, but he hasn't really become on the level of like he's not being talked about like a Facundo Torres kind of level of yeah. like international attention mm-hmm. yet, and he might not be where Facundo Torres is yet. But he he could. I I really believe that he could play, be playing at, like could get to that level because he's so young. He's so I I don't know exactly how old he is now, but he was sort of nineteen years old when he. He's you know 20. what I mean? That's, he's yeah. twenty now. That's so so young. The difference between twenty and twenty two, twenty three is pretty huge massive, in, massive. in football. So he's 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 not guaranteed, but he's someone that he he he's pushing Jordan Shakiri the most expensive second most expensive salary in the league out of his position. So if he's going to do that and if he's going to keep that position, it's because he's going to be playing at that level. So I'd like to see him be consistent. I'd like to see him working with a striker that can can do something. Um, the other one would be Turan if he can stay fit because we spoke about that earlier. He has athletically and just everything, Just he's just an absolute animal. There's so much potential. He's very young too, but he just hasn't put a string of games together. And sometimes you you know you're watching him. You think this guy's just an absolute beast, and that's kind of a left field pick because he's you know centre backs. Who gives, who gives a shit about centre backs like in, in the MLS except for Aaron Long? But um, my man. But he's yeah he he's he's got he he could be very 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 good if he stays fit for the season. It would be him for sure. I love it. There you go. There you have it. We have. Honestly, I didn't think there was as much to talk about the Chicago Fire, but there was. And I don't I don't know just the way Nashi articulates himself, but uh I'm a little high on the fire right now. I don't know. Oh, not financial advice. He's, he's buying the hype. He's buying the hype. Nashi has done the job. Is there anything else you feel like people should know, Nashi? Anything about you? What you got going on? And uh we can get out of here. No, that's it. That's it. That's all I'm just uh going into the oblivion of MLS unique, so uh, <laughs> old thirty plus year old Insigne and uh, thing. So Jonathan Bond clean. I'm, I'm resting my future riches on Jonathan Bond unique. So that that should tell you everything you need to know about my mental stability at this point. <laughs> well, Corey, we'll should bring we you uh, should should we uh, yeah go for it? Give a little teaser. Here? You have the spotlight. Go for what it. we got going on. Let them know. Drop should the we... alpha. We're in we're in some conversations to have a uh, a fun next episode. Let's just put it that way. So you definitely want to uh, to get those notifications turned on and, and figure out when we are uh, are going to be back because it it might be kind of spicy. Yeah, we might have That's a little all special I'll say. guest, a little professional. Uh, might be guest. dynamite. <laughs> oh, it could be. But uh, get those notifications on. Make sure you subscribe, comment, all that fun stuff. And we'll see you in the next episode. Nashi, you're a legend. Love Cheers, it. Boys. <laughs>